Hello, everyone, and welcome to our coffee talk today. Uh, I'm Elise Brayton. I'm the manager of client success here at Founded, and I'd like to welcome you all to today's talk. Um, if you don't have your coffee, go grab it. This is what we do here. Coffee, tea, whatever you'd like. Just We're just going to have a casual conversation today on a really exciting topic. We really appreciate the time that you've carved out today from your day-to-day to be here with us and to be with your peers uh, to talk about your work and share what you've learned with each other. So thank you so much. Now, today's Coffee Talk is directly related to the topic of our last sector education webinar, which is Communicate for Good. That was led by Erica Barnhart. Today's conversation will be facilitated by a group of success team members here at Foundant. Um, so myself, Amanda Poole, Rick Holiday, and Lindsay Thompson are all here to help support this conversation and make sure that everything goes smoothly. Uh, one thing I do want to note is that the expertise on this team of facilitators today really spans all areas of foundation work. So whether it is accounting or donor development or grant and scholarship management, we have people who understand your work and many times who have done your work. So um, we really are excited to help be your voice here and keep that conversation moving along. Today's coffee talk is a little bit different than some of the ones in the past because we did bring in everyone. So normally our coffee talks are kind of, uh, they're kind of sectioned off based on if you are a grant manager or a scholarship manager, if you are an accountant or if you're in donor development. But this time we thought, you know what, this is all about communication. It's about communication styles. And we know that across those four areas, we can see some trends in communication styles. So we thought bringing everyone together for this conversation might be really good. So with that, let's get started. Let's dive right into our content for today. So everybody find that raise hand button, get ready to speak up because these are the questions that we are going to um, be hitting on today. So number one, If you attended the sector education webinar, communicating for good, sorry, communicate for good, I messed that up. What have you noticed about your communication styles? And then the follow-up question is, what changes do you see yourself making? Have you already started to make uh, kind of like, what are the, the differences that you're seeing as you move forward with this knowledge? Or maybe it's a reminder of knowledge around communication, how we all communicate with one another. So we're going to start in um, this first section. What was your communication type? If you were at that webinar and you're like, I am an idea person. Uh, we were just talking about this uh, before we got on with you all as a group here. Um, I was high idea. Uh, that was my top one. And my second one was people. So those are kind of like my two higher uh higher sides, which is really fun. I think uh, for me, I enjoy it. I enjoy my communication style. Does everybody else? Oh, I guess we'll find out. Um, Lindsay, real quick, what was your communication style? Um, Mine was very high on process and then tied up for people and idea. And at the bottom was action. So I found it really interesting when Erica was talking about um, being in a room and, uh, people wanting to talk about their weekends. Cause I'm very much like, all right, can we follow the agenda? Can we like make things happen? And then Erica mentioning, like, it's important for some people to feel, you know, heard and like have that discussion. And I'm like, all right, well, if you timestamp it, give yourself that five minutes. I'm like, I could, that's tangible for me. 
I can handle that. So um, I thought that was really insightful to hear that in the, in the initial webinar. So I'm curious to hear others' thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it makes the people people in the room feel a little better. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I get to hear about her dog. And I it's feel, good. I feel it's relationship building. You know, I get it. One of the things that was said on that webinar, we're just kind of getting this conversation started. Uh, please raise your hand if you want to chime in on any of these questions here. Um, one of the things that I loved as a takeaway from this was that a great team has people of all communication styles because all have strengths they're going to bring into the work that you do. So I love that because I think even on this uh, call today, we've got some very different communication styles with our facilitators. And that's that's going to make the work that we do together even better. Um, but it does take that extra action, that extra thought there. Yeah, this is Allison. I just wanted to say, I thought that um, after the webinar, it allowed me the opportunity to, um, to recognize, I think that sometimes if I feel like I'm getting maybe a little frustrated with colleagues and the stories and we're going on and on and we're not actually getting the work done, um, it just reminded me that everyone is different in how they communicate. And and some of my colleagues probably need that opportunity um, to share before they can really get down. So um, using kind of having the timer, I think is a, is a great way, um, you know, for me to kind of keep it in perspective. Absolutely. That, um, that empathy that grows when you start to understand that the specific differences among your colleagues is so interesting because they're people that you uh, work with day to day. You're always, you know, kind of around. And so, yeah, being able to pick up on those things is, is really great. Have you talked to them at all, Allison, about, um, about setting timers, about kind of like making that more of a scheduled time rather than free flow? Or were you already doing that at your organization? I haven't said that um, to anyone. It's more been um, uh, kind of just in the back of my mind and a clock. I kind of, you know, have that time. But once Uh we hit that five minute mark, then usually, especially if I'm leading the meeting, then usually I'm directing everyone. Okay, let's get back on on point. I love that. Like you're just like internally, I will track this. This doesn't need to be for everyone, but I know that there's some limits here and that's that's great. Um, out of curiosity, any of your colleagues on the call today, on the coffee talk today? I do not think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it'll take that extra conversation then if, if you need a backup on that. <laughs> That's great. Thanks Thank for you. sharing, Allison. And what organization were you from? We do always want to start with our organization and our name. I forgot that. So what organization? I'm with the American Trauma Society, Pennsylvania Division. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, Allison. That was such a great example of things that we can already begin to observe and and make small changes in. Anybody else have something that they have um, observed in how communicate how your communication style is impacting your work? Community Foundation for the CSRA in Augusta, Georgia. Stephanie Cohen is my name. Um, I am known in the office as probably the person who doesn't like meetings, especially ones that go on and on and on. Um, Uh I am the timekeeper. They all know that. So I think what we've done with our team meetings, because we only meet 
we don't even meet every week. So I always look at that as valuable time to really catch up. And the rest of the week, we're all doing hallway talk, as we call it, which is where uh-huh. I think the relationship building happens. Um, but we have started to do, and at least our team meetings, is really make sure that we are discussing what needs to be discussed first as a team where everyone needs to know stuff. And then we do the round table at the end. So um, not that it's not important, but at least the highlights of what we need to discuss are first and foremost. And then the little things can be done at the end and like, oh, that I don't need to discuss that now. We can wait, you know. Um, so I always ask for that up front before the meeting mm-hmm. even happens so that we can make sure that that is a focus. And I think that's helped a lot with some of the meetings that are going on um, a little too long. But I think everyone also knows that when I look at my, I hate to say it, but my phone just for the time, they'd probably know that it's it's time to wrap up the discussion and move <laughs> on to the next topic. So um, they've read my body language, I guess, pretty well. Absolutely. Like we communicate with more than just our words and that quick check of the phone or for me, I know my team will see me kind of look at my watch sometimes. Um we kind of know that 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 needs to wrap up or we're we're getting it close to time. Um, great, great comment there, Stephanie. Now, let me ask a quick follow up. What is your role at the organization? What department are you in? Mm, I, I don't really have a department. I'm my okay. title, I guess, for lack of better words, is executive assistant to the CEO president. Okay. Um, so i I look at myself as the safety patrol on the back of the bus. Um, Mm -hmm. There are other people sitting on the bus doing their roles, but I'm kind of keeping everyone like, Hey, get back in your seat or something. So that's how I kind of claim my, my role is just kind of keeping everybody not in line per se, but, you know, keep going forward with the bus. Yeah. So can I guess that you are a process oriented communicator? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Um, Yeah. uh, My emails are very bullet points. Um, highlighted where necessary. Um, that's so yeah, that's so great. And and for your role, though, what a what a perfect fit of communication style and role and responsibility. So I hope hope your team appreciates that um, that you are there to keep them on track because yes. we all need those people. They also that's know great. that I'm going to be one that's going to throw in those very long emails. I may throw something in just to see if they're really reading it. So <laughs> they also know that I'm going to be thrown in those little tidbits. So, um, and if anyone from my organization is on this call, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks so much for sharing, Stephanie. What other things have we seen in our organization? So now we have kind of two meeting examples um, of, of kind of how we approach different situations. What else, what other areas of communication uh, do we use within our, our organizations that we are noticing things in? Um, my name is Michelle Wallace, and I am at the Oklahoma City Community Foundation, um, and I am in scholarships. And I started on July 1st of this past year, so I am new. Um, and I had a 19 on people. <laughs> so I would say <laughs> I'm a very, very strongly people person. Um, and so that has um, 
I think it's been a benefit for me being new to the organization and there are about 50 people and um, our foundation has been here for um, 53 years. So um, being um, really communication, relations, teamwork oriented um, has helped me to really quickly um, kind of like absorb, you know, our history um, and understanding the roles of others and like how we can collaborate and where there's crossover and just kind of getting to know my colleagues. Um, sometimes I worry that um, I appear like I am off visiting all the time, but I think that there's um, really important, um, I think that it's really important to build those people, those relationships um, for when you are actually working on a team and understanding one another and knowing kind of where people come from, you know, kind of if you have an insight into what's going on in someone's life, I think you extend a lot more grace. Um, and so, so anyway, so for me, um, I mean, I'm a people person and I love this role. Also being um, a scholarship provider, I I literally speak to like everybody that I come across, like waitresses uh, just everywhere um, and, you know, talk to them about, oh, are you in school? Are you needing, you know, you know, scholarships? And so anyway, so I think being a people person in this role has been um, a benefit um, and I do have scores and the others um, much less than the ideas, which was kind of interesting. But anyway, so that's where I see um, that really um, having an impact um, on my organization and on me. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love that. I love um, all the lines that you're drawing between the work that you do day to day and kind of how you explore your world. As you were describing that, it was like collaboration, people, you know, relationships, people, like it was very people. And as a, a high scoring people person also, um, totally see all of that value. Let me ask a, a bit of a prying question. Um, you can decline to answer if you like. Um, when you're working across departments with others who maybe have a different communication style, um, do you work to adapt the way that you approach them um, yet? Or, or has that been something that you've needed to work to adapt? Um, so as a people person, I'm an open book. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think... Um, I think definitely I'm, I'm pretty quick to kind of read, um, you know, like I need to like simmer down for some people. <laughs> um, and, and so I think that's like adapting to, you know, different styles, but also, um, yeah, just, I mean, I have, I have so much respect for people who are like really strategists and, um, and also those like who can just like really quickly get into the flow. And so I recognize I have a lot to learn um, sometimes um, from those people, but um, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're right. in saying like, we're all, and uh, we need all different types of people to really be successful. And um, so, yeah, I, did that answer your question? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and we have uh, Lindsay, uh, Casey, right? That's right. Hi, Casey. Hi. My uh, comment was just an observation that uh, this past week we were having a discussion about name tags of all things. And I said, no, I don't think we need to. And uh, that was too direct because I was later uh, reminded that that seemed to come across as questioning authority, which I was just being frank. 
and direct. And, right. uh, you know, it's just, you have to, well, I should remind myself to think, then speak, one, and also just how phrasing is important, you know. Yeah, yeah. In the session, there was some about like the the words that we use. Um, so the, the words that we use matter because they are matter. Like they put out a a very specific uh, like weight and energy, and I'm I'm getting this wrong. So Erica, if you are on, I'm I'm sure I'm I'm messing this up a little bit, but I think I have the gist um, that that the words that we choose really do matter, um, and the way that we deliver them really does matter, and that I feel like is the core to all of this discussion. It's no matter what your communication style is making those small adjustments and being aware of those small adjustments to make your message palatable. It's all about like it. And Casey, I'll use your example. Like you felt strongly, like we don't need name tags, like making that message palatable to the receiver is number one, because in the end, you just kind of want to be heard. Um, and the way that you go about communicating that doesn't matter as much as that somebody is receiving the message that you're trying to put out there. So that's a really like great, very specific, but really good example of what we're, what we're talking about here. Thanks, Casey. It's like growing up, you know, they say it's not what you say, but how you say it. That was something mm-hmm. that my mother would always say to me because I'm known to be kind of blunt as well. <laughs> But I do think that that's helpful. Like we were talking about having that on the team because like I will be the first person to say I am not a a decision maker. I am like the VP. You give me like action items, I'm going to go. But like, I, so I think that Casey, that in some instances that's helpful. So, you know, also being on, on your team to kind of understand your communication style as well, that you just tend to kind of like say what you're thinking and it's, there's no in that. So, you know, yeah, I think it's, it's helpful to have that on the, on the team as well. Otherwise nothing would ever get done without people pushing it forward. So we need our drivers and our, yeah. and our very clear communicators. Um, one of the things I'm just thinking about, about our success team, great representation that we have right here is that we all have very different communication styles, as I mentioned before, but we're also all very aware of each other's communication styles. It's something that we spend time on as a team, understanding not just communication styles, but work styles. And that helps us kind of get over those bumps of hitting against maybe differing communication styles. If we have anybody else who has a uh, comment they'd like to make, uh, and I've got one more prompt question that we can go to as well. Um, and that is what changes have you made? So what communication needs have come up and how did you handle them differently? I feel like we kind of got into this in that first round and what impact can you have as you work across departments within your organization? So, um, For this one, I will absolutely give an internal example that I've experienced myself. I will start with a story and then I will let somebody else pick up with a story that they um, have as well. So, um, and by that, I mean one of our attendees. So get those stories buzzing in your head when one comes up, raise that hand so that we can get to you. Um, So in my... Former career, I worked at a community foundation in Bakersfield, California, the Kern Community Foundation. Um, They are a client. We might actually have some Kern community 
folks on this call today. So if so, pop your hand up. Uh, it's great to, great to see you. Um, so for me, it was our, uh, me as the grants and scholarship manager and our donor relations person. So we had very different needs in what we were trying to communicate out into the world. And we had different styles of doing that. So um, my counterpart, who's a, a good friend, Rachel, uh, she would was a very direct communicator. And for donors that oftentimes were very direct communicators, um, her style was perfect. They wanted a a very uh, data-driven list of the grants that they had made and how much and what the impact was. And they, they wanted those very specific bullet points on the impact that they were having. Whereas I, being a much more people idea person, was wanting to give these broad strokes of things that could happen in ways that we could make change in our community or uh, very contextualized stories from students or grantees that were often very lengthy, uh, like I said, highly contextualized, very story-driven. And we really found that it was the combination of these two styles, this like very direct, pointed, more process-based style and kind of the more flowery people style, that combination, uh, when we started really working together, was what allowed us to put out communication to the public that really hit lots of different notes. So it was good for people on multiple levels, whether their communication style was um, more, more pointed, more um, process-driven, or if it was more flowery and people-driven, we really had them covered. Um, and when we added in kind of how all of those things led up to our vision, we even grabbed the, those idea people as well. And I know I'm missing one of the quadrants and I can't remember which one it, it is at the moment. But um, so that's one way that like we discovered that each of our core strengths, while different from each other, and while occasionally made some difficulties in the way we communicated directly together, really made us a super powerful team when it came to crafting a message to go out into the community. So that is kind of like my story for how communication had a really big impact within my organization that maybe we wouldn't have known or tapped into um, initially, like I would have loved to have had these kind of guideposts back then, and we would we would have had to fumble our way through a lot less um, than we than we did. So we had to go by discovery, trial and error. All right, so let's see some hands raised on some of the ways that you have um, either we can talk about communication conflict where those communications did not, across teams, did not go super well, or we can talk about that communication combined superpower. Like when have you teamed up with someone that has a different communication style than you and really gotten to success because of that team up? So the purpose that I came um, to your guys' discussion was, um, so I'm in uh, ED and we had a previous ED a few years ago that led the team of like my way or the highway. Um, I want you to have an idea, but if you have an idea, it's she normally didn't like the idea. And so I have tried to build staff to be more open, to be more communicative, um, 
but I'm still two, what is it? Nine, three years later, I'm still struggling with them wanting to fully communicate. I'm a very transparent person and um, I'm not one to sweep things under the rug. And so there, I noticed that there is a communication difficulty between staff in regards to like, they're, they say what's on their mind, but they don't really say what's on their mind. And then it always, you know, someone tells another staff. And so it always creeps back. And I, I'm just interested on what techniques could be used to kind of, or maybe like teamwork or icebreakers or something to kind of break that mold of just like, or maybe I guess it is a person, uh, you know, a type of person personality that maybe a lot of people are not comfortable with the hundred percent transparency. So I don't know. I just came here to figure out tools, tips, or anything to be able to kind of break that hurdle. So I don't know if I'm on the right track yeah. either. No, I think this is a great place for that discussion. And honestly, I think the communication styles test that came from that last webinar could be a really great place to start. So um, I'm, I'm not sure how long you've been a founding user, um, but about a year ago, it's been, yeah, about a year ago, we made the transition from one, you know, kind of one point of contact for clients to this team's space where we now have a success team that's all here to support clients as a team. And when we created that team, we brought in individuals from all sorts of other areas of the company and brought them all in now under this one team. That uh, transition is can be really difficult because you're creating something kind of that didn't exist before. You're, and for you, it's it's that transition of like new leadership coming in and that you know causing some some ripples and some change. Um, the very first thing we did was learn about each other. And so that's what I would encourage you to do. I think the the quiz that was put out there is a great place to start um, in just acknowledging that there are communication differences, that there are different ways that people are going to, um, to uh, relate to each other, different things that they're going to find important and under- taking the time to understand each other. Um, We also used another tool called Insights, which is another kind of like personality-based tool. And then um, we have also done over time some quick quizzes around um, the Six Working Geniuses, which is a Patrick Lencioni um, team management, uh, team building uh, book that he recently put out. Um, So but I think, and my team is is represented here, so I'll let them come off mute and speak to this, but I believe that some of the ways that we are able to work together really well and, and enjoy working together is because we have a better understanding of each other uh, in this way and like what our tendencies are and how we show up in places it enables us to give each other more grace um, and also to hold each other accountable to things that like maybe we're not as good at. And now the whole team knows, Hey, I'm not as good at this and they can hold me accountable to, um, to pushing me forward in those areas. Rick, I saw you come off mute. Yeah. I was just going to say also understanding the why, 
um, always helps with kind of transitions and that growth mindset um, for me personally. Like, I need to know why we're doing this. And it's not just a team building exercise for no reason. You know, we're actually doing this so that we can become so much stronger, so we can become more efficient, um, and we can give each other that grace when we need to, or we need to hold each other accountable. Um, just understanding the why and explaining that fully from the supervisor or, you know, with throughout the team, I think really helps get you to, you know, changing um, how you communicate or benefiting from those, understanding those communication styles. It's me again. Um, sorry. Uh, we are a team of eight now. We weren't, we were just, we just got our eighth person. So um, I, my question really was if people are finding it harder for larger organizations to communicate well, or when you're smaller and you become like a family, does that add more angst? And I guess for the example that you were asking about um, during the holidays, when the team wanted to discuss how we give to our community on a personal note, um, like a, and I don't want to use names of organizations, so I'm trying to be yeah, explanatory. It was asked of us if we wanted to do a giving program to a certain organization as a staff. Mm. And it was brought to us in a way that was more of, well, we're thinking about this, so we want your input. And then all of a sudden, when we were discussing the input, it turned into, well, I don't know, you know, it got a little anxiety ridden in the room. Um, again, me being who I am, I'm like, well, you asked for our opinion. So I'm offering you what I feel, which obviously is not what you are thinking we should be jumping on board for. But as it, you know, like, I, and I've just tried to present it as if you had yeah. decided to make this as a executive decision, then you could provide it this way, but you asked for input. So I'm giving that and I don't, I, but we had the freedom to be able to talk about it because we were also a small team. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't participate in this program, you'd know that you weren't part of that mm -hmm. team. So um, it kind of, it was very awkward, but we worked through it like a little family does. And we were able to discuss it and make decisions. And the input was um, heard for lack of a better word. So, yeah. um, but I also feel that if it was a larger team, you'd have a better, you, well, I don't know, maybe not. You wouldn't maybe have that ability to discuss. It would just be a, here's the program and we're going to do it and type of thing. And so I'm not right. sure if that made any sense. I may have just rambled. No, I think that made perfect sense because when we, when we're talking about small teams and asking for feedback, well, in, in any space where you're asking for feedback, you want to make sure that that ask is genuine, that that you will take the feedback. Is there space for change um, in the plan that you kind of have started when you ask for feedback? Um, and I think that's a, a it can be difficult, uh, especially as your, your group gets larger. There's probably going to be like, let's say at an organization, you know, in the hundreds, now you have decision-making and feedback in one space. And then that decision gets made based on a segment of feedback. And then at that point, we're no longer, that the way we're communicating that change has to change. Um, because before we were asking for feedback and we were making changes and we were being, being um, 
very responsive to that feedback. And then at some point it shifts to being a rollout. This is what is happening. This is why this is how that decision was made. And here's how we're moving forward. So it does change based on the size of your organization and where that decision is being made. Um, and, And not necessarily the size of your organization, but the size of the group that is going to be affected by that change, I think is a better way to put it. Because we uh, found it, we're a large organization, we're over 200 staff. Um, My team might make a decision together and that affects, you know, 12 or 13 people versus a decision made at an executive team level that will affect all 200 plus staff. So it just, the the level of that decision does, does um, impact how, how it can be communicated. Um, Stella, I'd love to come back to you. Um, and see if any of this that has been discussed is prompting more questions, more thoughts um, in the situation that you brought up. Um, it is um, the the I'm not necessarily I'm not new to the organization. I actually worked my way up, so I've known mm-hmm. um, my coworkers for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a combination of just I'm I don't know I'm. Because now I'm in my position when staff is having, I guess, an issue between themselves about work related. um, I always find myself trying to be the mediator, but it's not a good space for me because I'm more like data factual person and I weigh my pros and cons and I make a decision based on that. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the um, dilemmas we're having are more. Um, I could say they're taking it more emotional and I'm, it's difficult for me to kind of relate because to me, work is like work, you mm-hmm. know, and I have, I'm, I'm very like, what do you call that? Like I have my departments or are compartmentalized is the word mm-hmm. regarding things. So I don't take things personal. I know it's work, but the staff that's having issues are more taking it more personal. And I don't, I know that you can't really change someone in their, you know, their feelings and their thoughts. I'm just trying to like, you know, kind of guide my way through it and try, I'm really trying to put myself in their perspective. And, and then sometimes they just want to sweep it under the rug. And then that's against my whole nature because I'm all (laughs) transparent and it's like, if there's a problem, let's talk about it. And they're just, so I don't know. I think it's, I guess you're always going to have miscommunication or um, issues between, and I think you have them more when you have a smaller group. So my group is 10. Um, And so, and we've known each other, the leads have known each other for so long. I just, I would, in my mind, logically, it's like, okay, we've known ourselves so long. We know each other enough that, and um, this is over like 16 years, you know, 10 to 16 years we've known, you know, worked together. So in my mind, I'm like, this should all be resolved. What are we doing? <laughs> We're not mm-hmm. new. But I think it was swept under the rug with the previous ED and it never got resolved. And it's just like, they're carrying it like a backpack, you know? And I don't know how to like get them to let it go. Yeah, yeah. Erica, I see your hand and I'm gonna unmute you and let you talk. Erica, thanks for joining the conversation today. Uh, it's great to be here. Even though I can't see all of you, it's lovely to share space with you again. I I just, um, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the name of the woman who was talking just before. Stella. 
Sorry? Stella. Stella. Um, Stella, I think you raise a really important point around uh, what I was hearing you say is the the source of um, something that happened in the past may have been communication styles, but that your concern is that, um, that, that your that the organization or individuals within the organization are holding on to something um and and you're having a hard time moving past it and i just wanted to offer because this you know this can come up a lot and and we're never quite sure why someone's holding on to something and sometimes it's um it's tricky to like get to the to like why are you holding on to that without sounding a little bit like how i just sounded and you might ask the question when you're in sort of a quiet, grounded moment um, with others, is it serving us to hold on to that insert thing from the past? And that language about like, is it serving us? Is it helping us advance toward our mission Can sort of neutralize anything that may be personal and put it within an organizational um, context and lens? So that was going to be way too long for chat. <laughs> so I wanted to just offer that verbally in case it's helpful. Thanks so much. We absolutely appreciate you chiming in on that. Um, so with that, we do want to kind of take this space right now and um, and begin to wrap up. We've got a couple of um, interesting things that were happening in the chat. Is there anything in there that we really want to highlight, team, and give voice to um, some of those conversations in the chat before we sign off for the day. Uh, Janet just brought up how regional and cultural differences can really affect your communication style. And I, I really agree with that. Um, and I just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention because um, that does affect a lot of things. Um, and maybe we don't give it enough space when we are in a professional setting. Absolutely. That's something that we have seen at Foundin as we work with clients all over the U.S., Canada, and into Australia. The regional differences of, of communication styles are, are very big. And we, we see it with our clients. I'm sure many of you see it when you are interacting with us. Um, and definitely as, as you have your internal teams and wherever people may come from, that can have huge impact. Thank you so much for voicing that. It's a good, um, good thought for the day. So we are now kind of at the end of our time. Just thank you all for joining us, you know, talking with each other, uh, talking with us about this really uh, important topic of communicating and and how we best do that within our organizations to really be heard and be effective. So thank you so much for joining us. With that, we will sign off. Everybody have a wonderful day and, uh, you know, happy communicating. Thank you.